0: Welcome to the Youth Club podcast, a podcast where we talk to the photographers behind the famous photos that you can see here at the Youth Club Archive. I'm your host for this podcast series, Scarlett O'Malley. Today we are talking to Rebecca Lewis who has documented some of our favourite photographs here at the Youth Club Archive. So I'm really excited to talk to Rebecca today about her experience in photographing these youth cultures, why she did it, what scenes she was part of, her own youth culture herself. Hi. Hi, <laughs> She's, she is here with us. Um, so Rebecca, we've we've had a brief chat before the, the recording has started. I, I just want you to give a little bit of a bio Uh, for us, of how you were actually involved with the Youth Club Archive and what you're doing now.
1: Well, um, so it seems such a long time ago, Um, 20 years ago, in fact, when I was taking those photographs, and um, my life's changed a bit. I've moved country, I've moved to Mallorca in Spain now, and I teach and coach natural running and natural movement but um yeah so all my photographs were there in in storage for a long time and I was like I need to give these to somebody and um, I was a little bit involved with uh, PYMCA for a while and then it turned into youth club I think that's the progression yeah and uh, so I just handed everything over to them and uh, so yeah they have everything and um looking after all my lovely old photos, which seemed like such a different, whole different life to me
0: now. So Yeah, it kind of jars me a bit when you say 20 years ago, because that means that I'm getting on a bit now, because (laughs) when you say 20 years, so just to give our listeners a background who may not know your photography, a lot of it is based around, I'd say like that 90s, new metal, grungy, punky, goth kind of subculture, wasn't it?
1: Yes, mods was my first thing. Oh yeah, the mod scene was my big thing actually, but uh, because I was photographing for The Face and I D and other music magazines, mm. real magazines at the time, um, I was going out on different assignments to different gigs and festivals, and um, so yeah, I did a bit of everything of the different youth scenes. But mod, the mod scene was my main thing. So, what was the uh, mod
0: scene like when you were in the
1: nineties? Oh uh, very colourful, <laughs> very colourful. Mods and Northern Soul, actually, because Northern Soul was my favourite sort of music to go out and dance to and do all-nighters and all-weekenders too. Fab. Um, yeah. Anyway. Well, I actually
0: run a Northern Soul night, so ah. that's why I say fab, because it's very much part of my, what I love as well. Yeah, no, beautiful music, beautiful. Mm.
1: I do really miss, I do really miss the dancing, actually. But yeah, so I, my, my degree at uh, London College of Printing, uh, my, my BA was uh, focused on the mod scene. It was just, I was literally photographing everywhere I went and it was my, my final show was these big, big portraits and a book. And uh, so, yeah, and then after that, I just carried on shooting on different, youth culture scenes um like you were saying this sort of grungy uh new metal goth
0: that just that was me when i was yeah. honestly a chubby nine-year-old chubby ten-year-old oh. which which i say that i've, <laughs> I've i went to my year six leavers picnic in a dog collar and um <laughs> and braids in my hair and stuff like that um just going back to a little bit because you were saying for your final project you photographed the mod scene you said all nighters and weekenders do you have any specific places where you shot Oh, yeah. So there was, I was in the 100 Club a lot. No, Uh, My
1: favourite! Yeah. And then there was places like, oh, if you're talking about clubs, yeah. The 100 Club, I was there every, it was like the once a month all-nighter. Yeah. And I'd go to Cleethorpe's, uh, the once a year, excuse me, um, weekender. And then there was a few other weekenders that were quite uh, well-known in the Northern Soul scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. there's and definitely the still the mod- same crowd at the Hunter Club. It is, Club. is it? Yeah, yeah, it's on. Like AD is still there. AD, AD is still. Of course. He's yeah. kind of taken on the 40th anniversary. He took a slight step back and he was like, "I'm going to be chilling now." Um, but then that was in September, and I've seen him at every one since. <laughs> and then <laughs> Corona. Yeah, and then Corona's happened. So I think he'll probably be back. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing they've had probably the same DJs and this honestly the same crowd oh. for years. Gosh, yes, I'm sure if I walked been there one night, I'd know most people. Yeah. But
1: oh. Now yeah. you're making me reminisce. Yeah, you'll have to come back <laughs> over one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. See if I can actually do it all night. <laughs> I don't know if I could anymore. I go could... I'm in bed by ten these days. I have but... <laughs> a couple of
0: months off and I can barely dance. Like, honestly, I go down and I'm like, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: No, but it was fun. It was a fun days, almost too much fun, but uh, that was that was that time. Yeah. and uh,
0: yeah it was quite fast paced so then how did it progress then from you know you said the mods to then the other kind of the proper 90s new metal culture how did that kind of progress and come about
1: Ooh, so I I think really it was because I was getting I was getting commissions from the face mostly the face magazine to shoot those sort of scenes the face and the museum I think in Brighton there was some sort of Collective, anyway, and they they commissioned me to do the goth, a goth, uh, <laughs> the goth collection, the goth collection. Well, I went to a few different places, I think, for them, and um, so yeah, I was photographing the goth scene for them. So yeah, it was really just different commissions. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, um, especially projects that I was doing for myself, like the mod scene was or the northern soul.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: those were much more personal projects that I was really deeply into.
0: I suppose um, the, later, the, the later ones wouldn't have been as based in clubs as well, but more like skate parks and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was a mix, a whole mix.
0: Yeah, a mix of
1: um, Ozfest and, you know, underground clubs and uh, festivals.
0: Yeah, so. So I suppose leading on from this, because you said, you know, the mod stuff and the Northern Soul stuff is kind of where your heart was. Mm. What, so what was your youth culture based in and how did you then become, in, you know, in love with this those kind of scenes?
1: My youth culture, as in my teenage years yeah. of youth, yeah. I mean, well, you, I can,
0: was... you can go as low as you want, you know, I was thinking about <laughs> a nine-year-old chubby me, so if you're, yeah. if it's as young as that, but you're more than welcome to.
1: My youth culture was actually not uh, very exciting, really, because um, I grew up in the Isles of silly, and uh, I, there wasn't really much of a scene there, because there weren't that many, that many people there.
0: Oh, so oh, I was so really
1: far out. Yeah, yeah, it's 30 miles off Land's End. So I think by the time I was, uh, oh well, I came to the mainland to go to college and um, I went to art college and studied photography, obviously. Oh, not really, obviously. But then um, I, so I kind of missed out on that sort of teenage year youth scene, uh, teenage years youth scene. And I think I made up for it when I was, you know, out on the mod scene. Mm. That was my, that was really you know i was making up for lost time a little bit because i hadn't really had sort of a youth culture Where you were before. Yeah. yeah. So, but
0: how did you find out about the music and things like that? Because there must have been a reason because Mm. no one just falls into the mod scene. It's such a weird, (laughs) or sometimes you do. It's such a weird way of going about it. I would would never, ever call myself a mod. But yeah, I do the mod weekenders and I do this and I do that. And I just think, how have I ended up here?
1: Yeah, I I think it was a club called um, Happiness Stands. And it was in Clerkenwell, and I used to live in Clerkenwell, which was a really great area to live. And um, there was this club called Happiness Stands, which was based on the Small Faces, a, a collective. It was a collective, so it wasn't really specifically a mod scene. It had uh, four different rooms of different types of music, and the music, the room that I always orientated to, was the one that was playing more the 60s stuff and the Northern Soul. and. Mm and I, I just loved it, and that's how I started to get to know people and realized there was a whole scene underground. Oh, it's quite underground scene, really. And so, yeah, I just started taking photographs because I was studying photography at the time, so then I just started taking photographs, and it just snowballed. I couldn't stop. I was just obsessed with it. And, uh, yeah, it was a great club, that was. That was probably one of my most favourite clubs.
0: <laughs> How come you decided to leave London? What, what Tell us a bit about that story. Uh well, uh, I think I just got to a
1: point in... I'm, I was a photographer. I became a professional photographer and um, was shooting all sorts of stuff, fashion, music, um, uh, magazine stuff, advertising. And uh, I think I just got to a point where... It didn't uh, suit who I was. so, You know, I knew I knew it wasn't really what I wanted for my life. Um, I didn't want to be in a city anymore because I grew up on a small island. I needed nature again, and uh, yeah, I just I needed a change, needed a big change. It was one of those things. It was a it was you know it can be that kind of lifestyle that it's can be um, very detrimental to your health and well being. Yeah, no, I had a I had another calling and it was to get back to nature and uh, to also to be more healthy. So, um, yeah, because it was pretty unhealthy lifestyle after a while. Mm. But, um, it, and also being, um, for the other side of it, it was like I was taking photographs for commercial purposes and it just didn't sit well with me and I was being part of this consumerist machine and that didn't really also sit well with me. So, um yeah, needed to move on, and um, I ended up uh, going off sailing for a bit, which was one of my things I'd done when I was a, when I was younger, and that became my next career for the next six years. I ended up working on sailing yachts.
0: No way, doing what? Mm. Um, but
1: I just I was part of the crew, so they, you know, these private yachts that have a certain amount of crew, and you'll be doing a bit of everything, but mostly I was either cooking. And and crew sailing the boats. They were classic, mostly classic yachts, not all of them yeah. and racing. And uh, so, yeah, we were out in America racing and, and then the Caribbean. Wow. And yeah, so that was my life for the next six years. And it ended up bringing me across to Europe and coming into Mallorca. Um, when I was ready to get off the boats then as well, because they can be a little bit too much fun and not quite as healthy as you might (laughs) think. (laughs) So that was also another chapter that needed to end. And um, I was already training, I'd already trained to become a natural running coach um, and a yoga instructor. So those were the two things that started me into the,
0: the movement practices I do now. That's incredible. I feel like I'm going through the motions of what you felt (laughs) <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, I need a, I need a new experience. I need a new chapter. I need to get away. And I'm like, but what would I do? I honestly mm. have no idea because I've been doing other things for so long. Because you were saying that it's, it's, when you left London that you gave all your stuff to the archive, right? All your, all your photographs. Yeah.
1: Well, leaving London was a gradual process. It took a few years to let go, basically. Of like, am I really letting go of my career? Am I really going to do that? Because it was quite, it was going quite well and but I knew I needed to do it for myself so uh and it was also going into a sailing career which was basically starting from the bottom uh you know after I'd been like the photographer my own boss and then I would go down to the bottom of the ladder being the the crew working under somebody else or in a team and and it was a big it was a good humbling experience as mm. well as well as a new a new life experience and learning new skills
0: because uh, I was I was saying to you earlier, which I said I'd mention again, that um you've inspired a lot of people and maybe yeah. you haven't realised and a lot of people no. still still look to your work. So Chloe Ackers has um who's another photographer who's coming up in this podcast series, mm. she um has her whole final project at uni was called Northern Now and it was mm. uh, photographing the Northern Soul sea Now so you know um I'm part of it. My friends, the Deaf and Soul Club are part of it. A lot of young DJs that are part of the scene. And she said that your work really inspired her. Oh, and um, so, so lovely to
1: hear that. Yeah. So, you know,
0: when you were dumping those photos all those years ago, <laughs> yeah. They've, yeah. they've come back and a lot of people have really, you know, used your work as, I think, kind of mood board points and it's really inspired them. So for something that you may not feel so attached to, I just want to let you know, people are still very attached to it. Oh, that's lovely.
1: Lovely to hear. You just the, <laughs> Honestly,
0: you never know how you've influenced other people's lives until they tell you.
1: Mm. And it could be in
0: the smallest of ways, but I think it's it's good to tell people as well when you've had that experience. Yeah. But I was yeah, quite surprised when we got this call and you said that it wasn't so much of your life anymore, just from the way that I'd uh, spoken to Lisa about you and other people had spoken about your work. So I would have thought you were very much, you know, still in the game with it all.
1: No, not at all. I put my camera down and uh went sailing and people kept saying to me you're gonna you're gonna take photos again aren't you? or you could do fo- you could do sailing photos and I was like I think I really I did it you know I really mm. did it when I did it and I think it's had its time with me yeah and I really had no passion to pick up a camera again I had no drive um I probably like I overdid it. Probably, but making it a commercial thing.
0: Yeah, you know? it really ruins it for you sometimes, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But I have a lot of admiration for you in doing that. You know, being confident enough to be like, I've you know leaving it on top kind of thing. Like I've done this, I've done it really well, and yeah. I'm going to move on because I've had periods in my life where, say, I've dropped things and been really nervous about them. And people said it takes a stronger person to decide something isn't right for you anymore than to just mm. carry on with it. And I think that's very true. Um, yeah. to then go and restart your life again. I think it's it's really admirable because it's something I think a lot of us want to do, but, you know, maybe a bit too scared to do.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. And it, it was, you know, it was a scary moment, but it, like I say, it was a little bit of a transition of letting go as well. So I didn't quite let go of my flat and I put my stuff in storage. And, you know, then it was a couple of years later before I gave all my stuff to PYMCA at the time. And, um, yeah, I think it was, it was just such a strong gut feeling that I needed to do something different. So uh, whatever it was, I needed to get out of the city and stop what I was doing. So yeah, always listen yeah. to your gut, always. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And also, I, I also don't believe we're meant to do the same thing for the whole of our life either. I, I believe there's chapters. Yes. And you know, never to be afraid and just step into the next thing when it's the time's right.
0: Oh, fabulous. And so do you yeah. see, is this, the, is this the chapter for the foreseeable future? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Okay, well, what else have you got in mind? I, I've probably got We probably got the uh, most perfect place.
1: We live right in the mountains, which has always been my dream. And it's a off, little off grid place right up in the mountains. But I feel there's a calling for bigger mountains now.
0: On, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Higher, steeper mountains. Yeah, yeah.
1: and cooler. And cooler because it's so hot here in the summer, yeah. but um, yeah, no, there's, it's it's we have the most perfect place where we are now, and um, there's there's the a little bit of an itch to explore a
0: bit more. Oh, I love that!
1: Maybe in Europe somewhere. Well, it'd be Europe, it'd be either be the
0: Alps or the Pyrenees. Oh, definitely colder.
1: Yeah, just a bit <laughs> colder and a bit more altitude because there's because I'm a runner, I'm a trail runner, and uh, that's my you know that is my thing, and I know it's it just feels different when you go into slightly higher mountains and even even thinking
0: about is making putting me out of breath honestly (laughs) thinking (laughs) about the steep of the mountains i'm like okay yeah that's crazy and no, I, I completely appreciate what you're coming from I constantly think I just want to be by the sea I honestly sit here and daydream about living yeah. like somewhere like Cornwall just you know English seaside just sitting out I've always had a calling for the sea yeah. I'm, I'm very much like you I think in chapters as well so yeah. I'm giving yeah. myself these last couple of years to look, just like keep on pushing what I'm doing you know keep on pushing yeah. the the podcasting and the radio stuff and and then, you know, see what it amounts to, and if not, we'll just change it up and don't worry about it. Yeah,
1: and when you put it out there, you know, when you start thinking about,
0: oh, what would I, you know,
1: what do I want to do, usually just presents itself anyway. If something comes up and you're like, there it is, there's the the next, you know, path to take. Yeah, and I don't think anything is in a straight line, it's not linear, it's just like your path just keeps taking different turns, and yeah, if you try and structure it and control and plan it too much it never w- works out. So.
0: Right. Gavin said the exact same thing. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> he honestly said the exact same thing. Oh, how is he? <laughs> he's he's well but pro- he probably said it with a few more swear words. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> a little a little bit harsher but um, it was yeah. it was the exact same sentiment. So I've, I I feel like I said that I come off these calls and I feel a little bit more spiritually enlightened in that sense. Yeah. yeah. What
1: a lovely thing to do to interview all these people.
0: I know, yeah. Well, it makes uh, yeah. it honestly it makes different me, lives. I feel so much better after them as well, which is always a good thing.
1: Yeah, no. I remember when I was, um, I was photographing for the magazines, and I would be sent to spend time with somebody. Maybe it was like I was spending time with this this mum that went clubbing with her son, and I was just like, this is such a privilege and an honour to be invited in and to experience their life you know for a couple of days and mm. and i was just thinking that's it seems as a similar thing you know you're just getting a a little bit of everybody's life little piece of yeah yeah it's lovely <laughs> no it's
0: really really nice well thank you so much for talking to me today rebecca it's been refreshing you're
1: welcome you're welcome, you're welcome. thanks for uh thanks for interviewing me and i'm really happy that people are still enjoying my work
0: yeah, honestly, I hope that makes you feel, I hope that's your little good feeling for today. It really is, actually. It's <laughs> give me a good feeling. Once again, a massive thank you to Rebecca Lewis for speaking to us today here on the Youth Club podcast. Um, really good to just get an insight and it's really interesting to speak to people who, you know, have inspired so many people but don't even realise how influential their work has been. And um, I really love the way she's spoken about life in, in chapters, you know, just kind of taking the ball by the horns and going with your gut feeling, you know, going from being a, a well-renowned photographer in London to working on a, a sailing boat to now free running in the mountains of Mallorca. I, I kind of hope to have a life as eventful as that. So big 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 thank you uh, to rebecca i've been Scarlett o'malley your host for this podcast series here with the youth club archive please do check out our website youthclubarchive.com check us out on instagram and twitter at youth club social and thank you very much once again to candy for supplying us with the music for this podcast series you can check them out on instagram at candy the bandy We will be back in two weeks' time speaking to another photographer behind the photos in our archives. See you soon.